Hi, and welcome to Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. If you're wondering what you can do with your degree, you're in the right place. You'll learn top tips and strategies you can apply to build an impactful career and meaningful life. Your host, Dr. Marin Wood, will share evidence-based research so that you can job search the smart way. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Marin Wood. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, it's frustrating, isn't it, to be told by an employer that you're overqualified for a position? And yet when you look at the job ads, you see they want three to five years of direct industry experience, and you don't have that. So what is it? Are PhDs overqualified or underqualified? Well, the truth is, you're neither. You're over-credentialed and you're under-linear work experienced. This is the conundrum that so many PhDs face when, when we're leaving academia, and it's a huge obstacle in making the leap from academia into a new industry. It can be really, really hard to break in. So what's going on? Well, think about it going the other way. What would it take for a digital marketer to teach in an English department? They have similar skills and advanced training and knowledge of their field, but that doesn't mean that they can walk into an English department and teach intro to writing tomorrow. They could probably learn learn it, but it would take time. So only about 1.5% of the population in North America have PhDs. So most employers aren't looking to hire someone with that level of advanced education and training. And only about 8% of the population have an MA. So that's why when you're reading job ads, most employers require a BA and a certain number of years of experience. For most professional jobs, a BA is a good foundation, and then the rest of your education and training comes through experiential learning or on-the-job training. And we sometimes dismiss this as academics. I mean, it's our business to educate people in the classroom through traditional measures, but we forget that learning and training can happen in a variety of contexts, right? Through workshops, self-study, mentorship, and by doing the work. And the training and experience that people learn by working in organizations is directly applicable to professional careers. So it's not less than formal education. It's just different. And it's more directly relevant and applicable to professional careers. And of course, if you think about it, our PhDs are on-the-job training to be academics. In that way, academia isn't that different from professional careers. It's just that because we train and work in a university environment, we earn degrees and grades on our way to becoming a professional instead of certifications and advances, which is what professionals earn when they're doing on, you know, learning on the job. Now, I know that we talk about, you know, PhD students as, as students, as graduate students or trainees. But essentially, after you pass your qualifying exams, you're working at a university performing similar work as professors. You're researching, writing, and teaching. You're learning how to be an academic. And the same is true for marketers, project managers, entrepreneurs, learning design specialists, etc. They're receiving training to learn how to become better at their jobs. So the point is, you have certifications and degrees that are highly specialized and essentially on-the-job training to become a professional, an academic, right, a professor. And that certification degrees and on-the-job training to become an academic doesn't align with the expectations of non-academic employers. 
And for the most part, people don't really know what goes, goes into earning a PhD. And that's fair, right? As academics facing a job search in the professional workforce, we have to admit that we really don't know what it means to be digital marketers or project managers or a team coach or a data scientist. So why would they know what goes into becoming a literary scholar or a chemist or an ecologist? So we PhDs have a very specialized education and credential that employers aren't expecting, and it doesn't align with what they're looking for, which is on-the-job training and industry knowledge. I mean, it's actually kind of funny if you think about the insistence of universities and, and professional associations to insist that a PhD has set people up for jobs that require entirely different education and training than what we're receiving when we're earning our degrees. I mean, just think of the roar of laughter in an English department if someone with, from a digital marketing firm applied for an assistant professor in writing. I mean, they just would laugh. And yet, we kind of assume it should go the other way. We assume that our advanced degrees, education, and highly specialized knowledge should be counted equal to or greater than the training and education of an expert in an entirely different career and profession. So I know this is a hard pill to swallow, but it's really important that you think through, like, why, you know, what is the perspective of a non-academic employer when they're presented with a PhD? You know, it doesn't align with their expectation. Now, there is also an ageism issue going on here. When people post entry-level jobs, they're imagining that the person will be relatively young, probably a few years out of their, their BA. So here you are, a PhD with lots of years of experience working in academia. You're probably, you know, in your late 20s through to your early 40s, depending on when you're trying to make your exit out of academia. And you're applying for a job that the employer has earmarked for someone in their 20s. And they are worried that you'll be bored. And they are probably right. The person with, who's like 20-something with a BA is coming into a job with different life experience, different skills, and a different developmental stage in their, you know, in their cognitive development. They're just at a very different place in their life. And they are most likely at a very different stage in life socially and economically than most professionals who are in their 30s and 40s. Those people are your peers. Your peers with BAs and MAs who went right into work you know, they're in positions now of management and leadership within an organization. And so the employer is looking at you thinking like, like you just don't fit. And you have work experience, right? The employer knows that. It's just in a different industry and professional field. So when you're looking at a job ad and you actually don't have five five years of experience in digital marketing, you know, you can't apply for those jobs, but they're also not really wanting to hire somebody who's you know, 30, in their 30s and 40s with years of work experience just in a different career field for an entry-level position. So you're just a really odd fit for most employers. And, you know, and here's the ugly truth. It's a buyer's market, right? Like employers are, are able to choose talent. And so employers don't necessarily have to hire someone just based on their transferable skills, which is what you're going to be trying to leverage, right? When you're trying to make the career transition, you're going to be relying on your transferable skills. But here's the thing that people don't point out about transferable skills. They're transferable because other people have them, right? They're not unique to PhDs. Professionals are also strong communicators, problem solvers, and creative thinkers. They know how to research and apply that research to solve problems. Now, these are skills you develop during your PhD, and maybe you're a superior researcher compared to others, but, you know, other people are trained to conduct research too. But what those professionals have that we PhDs don't have 
is the application of these skills within an industry context. And that's why you're you're told that you're both overqualified and underqualified, right? You're actually over-credentialed. You have this PhD I'm not expecting. It's a different kind of education than what I'm expecting. And you don't have the right years of experience of applying your skills within an industry context. The other day, a PhD reached out to me on LinkedIn and said that they were getting interviews but being passed over for other candidates. And he was always told the reason why he didn't get the job was because he didn't have enough experience. So he asked me, like, what should I do? Well, the answer is right there. You have to get experience. And now you're saying, well, great, Marin. Didn't you just listen to yourself for the last five minutes? We can't get jobs because we're over-credentialed and under-experienced. How do I get experience if no one will give me a job? All right. So here's what you need to do to overcome this problem. First, you have to learn the language of employers and translate your academic work experience as much as possible. Make it as relevant as possible to the career field that you're applying to. Now, I've made this joke before, but, you know, essentially as academics, we're acting like the loud American tourist shouting English at the waiter, thinking if we just say things louder, suddenly people will get it. You have to learn the discourse and language of employers and make the translation for them. German is not less than English, it's just a different language. And the language of academia is not superior to the language of industry, it's just different. So you need to learn how to talk about your students as participants in workshops or as customers. You need to talk about your colleagues as team members and stakeholders. You need to talk about deliverables and projects and budgets and timelines, because that's what people in in industry care about. You need people to see that you have applied the skills that that they're looking for with success in other contexts, and that you understand the job and the industry that you're trying to move into. You have to bridge the gap between academia and industry. Next, you have to get some kind of experience. At our recent annual online career conference, speakers talked about how they did this. How did they get experience when no one would give them a job? Well, Tomo, who works in UX, um, he took design courses while earning his PhD. And and then he was able to network his way into a contract position once he left his postdoc. So he reached out to another PhD. And of course, that PhD knew that Tomo could do the work and helped him get that contract position. And from there, Tomo was able to get a full-time job, but he had to have that, that contract position to demonstrate that he could successfully apply his skills with success before someone would give him a full-time job. So initially in your job search, you might have to shift your expectations. You might have to look for contract work or part-time work just to gain experience before you'll be eligible for those full-time jobs. So Michelle did pro bono work for a nonprofit she supported, and that allowed her to develop a portfolio and demonstrate that she could do the work. Renee Ann did job shadowing to get experience as a team coach. So she was struggling, like she was applying for jobs and she wasn't getting interviews. And so she asked people in her network to help her gain experience. And they responded, right? Because people want you to be successful. So one person that she knew created an opportunity for her to come into his organization and job shadow him for a couple of weeks. And then based on her performance in that job shadowing role, he was able to go to management and ask to create a position for her and hire her. So that's how she got her job. So now maybe this isn't what you want to hear. You know, on on Twitter the other day, someone clapped back at us because 
we we put out on the Beyond Prof Twitter uh, Twitter account that you know you should look for internships, um, and they were very upset at the idea that PhDs should have to do internships. You know, they were like, I don't want to work for free. Well, now there are paid internships, so that's the first you know pushback against that critique. But you might have to. You might have to do pro bono work or internships or contract positions. Now, think about all the free work you're doing in academia. You do so much free work. And that free work isn't necessarily going to help you get a full-time job. But contract work, job shadowing, internships, and pro bono work will actually help you in a professional work environment. I've, I've seen this happen numerous times for PhDs. So if you're listening to this podcast episode while you're still in grad school, start doing inform- informational interviews now and identify a career field of interest so that you can find opportunities to build skills and get experience like Tomo did. This isn't going to hurt you in getting an academic job. You don't have to tell anybody that you, you know, did social media um, for the you know, Graduate Student Association, but you got to get experience. So take some courses like Tomo did, and that helped set him up for success. You can also look for part-time positions. So I'd recommend networking with startups or smaller organizations who need talent. Small organizations are often cash-strapped, and they're more, more likely to take someone, one, someone who doesn't have a lot of experience but has transferable skills, and so you'll be able to get an opportunity. In fact, you know, because Beyond Prof is a startup, most of my team, I've hired them based on skills and potentials, and, and they've shined. Like, they've learned their jobs, they've, they've applied themselves, but, you know, I've given them opportunities to get experience in professional workspaces. So, you know, take Berger, for example, uh, she works with us on social media and she started out with us a couple years ago as an intern. Uh, she's currently doing her PhD in English literature and she was able to get credit actually for her internship with us. And she was great. So, you know, she's continued to work with us and now she's part-time working in content marketing and social media. So when she finishes her PhD, she'll have that credential of her PhD. But she'll also have several years of work experience applying her writing and communication skills at a startup. So that's going to set her up for success. She's going to have the PhD, but she's also going to have evidence of applying those specialized skills to a specific industry context. So get outside of the classroom and out and out of the lab as much as you can while earning your degree. Find ways to apply the skills you're developing during your degree and find industry settings where you can apply them. Now, if you're already graduated and you're trying to make the leap from academia to industry, so here's some, you know, you got to figure out how to get experience. And so here's some ideas for you. You got to be creative and ask your network. You know, just like Renee Ann did, I need to get experience. You know of any opportunities. And you got to shift your expectations about what your first non-academic opportunity might look like. It might not be a full-time job. It might be contract work or part-time work. But once you have combined the two, your skills and experience in academia, because you are working when you're a graduate student or postdoc, despite the ways that universities talk about us as trainees or students, we're essentially employees. And of course, faculty have an amazing range of skills and experience and expertise. So once you combine your skills and experience with industry knowledge, you will advance within an organization. We see this all the time at Beyond Prof. PhDs are smart, capable, and talented. They're just missing that one piece, experience. 
And too often, they're trying to take a credential and stick it in the place of experience. And that's just not going to work. So find opportunities to apply your skills in professional and non-academic settings. And that will open doors. And the last tip is, you know, stop relying on your resume and cover letter. I see, PhD, I see PhDs do this all the time. They spend their time looking for job ads when they should be looking for people to talk to. You need to find people who will advocate for you. You're an odd fit for most jobs. But with mentors and advocates and colleagues, you'll find people who will see your potential how you can fit into the organization, and they will help get you your first opportunities. They will be able to recommend positions to you, help you identify what kinds of jobs you should be applying for, and help you get experience. So flip your job search strategy. Find people, not job ads. Get experience, build connections. That's what you'll need to break into industry. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. For more resources to help you launch your next great career, be sure to visit beyondprof.com and sign up for our free events. And remember, smart people work everywhere.